Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. If you listen to Locked On Kentucky on a regular basis, you're going to get info on the cats that you just won't get anywhere else. Um, We are recording this late on Tuesday evening. How has your Tuesday been, Kyle? It's been wonderful. Just absolutely lovely. Yes. Mine as well. (laughs) Been Been watching Brad Calipari highlights. He's done pretty well. Four of five from three for Detroit Mercy. I mean, John is thinking right now, I shouldn't have let this one get away. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, given their uh, situation health-wise, uh, Brad would probably get some run right now. He he only had played in two games, Clemson and NC State, both on the road, uh, and was 0 for 7 for the season from the field, 0 for 5 from three. And then tonight, he got loose, man, and he looked good. The stroke looked good. I think he had a four-point play. He got fouled on one of them. Uh, Had a Splash Bros deep three on the wing on one of them. I mean, the shot looked great. Four or five, 13 points. I think he was their leading scorer in the game tonight. Um, And they they lost to Wyoming. But, you know, Brad Calipari hitting four out of five threes as a Division I basketball player is not – I would not necessarily have predicted that, if I'm honest. Well, Lord knows the kid has put in the work, earned not given, right? Yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, honestly, he, I, you know, I don't think he's getting anything handed to him because he's Cal's kid at Detroit Mercy. I mean, you know, maybe Cal and Mike Davis are, are pals, but you know, Mike Davis is trying to win. <laughs> yeah. Mike Davis's kid is on the team. Mike Davis's kid, by the way, shot 11 threes tonight and only made one of them. Ooh. Not, not a great formula. So you got Brad going four or five. Got 26 minutes tonight also, uh, by the way. And he did lead them in scoring with 13. But Mike Davis's kid was five of 23 from the field and one of 11 from three. And they, they got run uh, by, 25, by 27, actually, by Wyoming tonight. Are you talking about the same Mike Davis that used to coach Indiana? That's correct. I did not realize that. Yep. I, I had no idea. I mean, I I didn't know it until uh, Brad landed there. Uh, right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. How about wow. that? I mean, so Brad's getting Brad's got pretty good coaching. <laughs> you know, I mean, was was Davis was the coach when they played in the national championship game, right? Yeah, he was. Um, he won the game against uh, Duke, right at Rupp Arena, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean. Um, he threw the chair. I remember him throwing the chair against uh, Tubby Smith's Kentucky team. Um, that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, just... they, yeah, I mean, Mike Davis got Indiana to a Final Four in 2002. <laughs> uh, and then he was at UAB, Texas Southern. And yeah, he's in his um, second season at Detroit Mercy. They went 11 and 20 last year, and they are now 0 3 this year. So. <laughs> well, the biggest UK basketball news to come out. Uh, today and we'll get to football in the next segment Uh, but is Dante Allen Um, Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country tweeted out a video that Dante Allen's mom had posted of of Dante dunking at the craft center and it's just a video of him by himself he's shirtless he's in the craft center there's no one else out there 
and he comes down and gets up and throws it down. And when he does, he just looks at the at the phone cam or whatever and is just pumped as if to say, almost like, "Yes, I'm I'm back to where I can finally dunk again." And then UK put out a practice video on Twitter today showing Allen hitting a three in a drill that they were running. Yeah, I mean, given their situation where they were playing this last game with seven scholarship guys uh, and just in general, I mean, even at what is full strength for them has been nine guys without Allen, uh, it would be huge if he's back, even just able to practice, even if he doesn't play. I think he helps them by just being able to have a competitive dude in practice. Um, And at this point, you know, my opinion about what they should do with him has shifted a little bit. Um, My first thought, you know, going into the year was they're so, they have so many wings. You've got Khalil Whitney, you've got Keon Brooks, you've got Johnny Juzang, all, you know, these 6'6 shooting guards slash small forwards, Uh, you know, do you really need him? Do you want to rush him back after an injury? And you don't want to rush him back for sure. But you know, do you even want to, you know, push it with a kid that is coming off an ACL and a broken collarbone from a car accident? Yeah. Uh, if you have all these other guys, but now you don't necessarily have all these other guys. I mean, you, those guys are still there. Those three I mentioned are still there, but they just have a need for warm bodies at this point. Um, and so now I wonder. I, my thought going into the year was you just take you let him get fully healthy, take your time with that, and then have him spend the rest of the year with a an assistant coach just drilling, you know, working on his game, refining his weak spots, you know, strengthening that leg and let him come back next year as a redshirt freshman when they're gonna lose some guys and they're gonna need some veterans and let him really, you know, hit the ground running. But now I don't know. I mean, if I, certainly if the doctors say he's all good to go, maybe you know, you slowly get him back into practice, and whenever he's ready, you just run him out there because it feels like they're gonna. It feels like almost all year long, there's a chance they could be shorthanded because all it takes is one guy rolling an ankle this week and a different guy, you know, landing on an elbow next week, and Manuel quickly apparently took a shot to the chest last week. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, all it takes is one random injury in a game or a, a or a practice or a guy. I mean, how many years have we had Cal, the, the, the flu week where Cal's talking about flu shots and bringing in the hazmat suits and disinfecting the lodge? Like, that happens every year. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, these are the things you don't really think about when you're looking at their roster and go, oh, they've got plenty. You know, and then it starts to mount up over the course of a year. Um. It just feels like they're always going to probably need an extra guy, and if Dante can be that extra guy, maybe they should just go ahead and play him this year. Well, I, I think if they can. I mean, once they work him back into practice and he's you know he's he's at full strength, uh, because you know Calipari said Johnny Juzang is a natural scorer, Khalil Whitney is a natural scorer, and then he says uh, we got to find out who we need to go to when we need a bucket. Well, Whitney and Juzang have not been natural scorers yet. I mean, it's still early, obviously, and maybe they could be. Uh, but Maxi has been the, you know, the newcomer with the, the, uh, you know, best scoring or best displayed scoring ability. But that's on a high volume of shots as well. Dante Allen was a big time scorer in high school. I mean, before he tore that ACL, 
I want to say he played around 12 games, and something like five or six of them he had 50 points. Well, he averaged yeah. like 40 and 14 in, I think it was 13 games before he tore his ACL. I mean, he won yeah. Mr. Basketball playing 13 games. Right. And he was but so he has dominant. The, he has the ability to you know, take somebody off the dribble and then and, and shoot the three and play through contact. I mean, we saw him a lot. Uh, he played at Pendleton County, and we tried to get to Pendleton County or wherever they were playing as much as we possibly could to see him in those 13 games. And every time he was impressive, obviously he's playing against high school competition and Pendleton County doesn't, wasn't like they were playing, you know, Ballard and Mayle and Lexington Catholic and Scott County and all those, but you could still see his, his ability there. And if he's able to show something in practice, I don't think there's any doubt that, that Calipari uh, won't hesitate to use him if he thinks he can help this year, and it's not like Dante's going to be like, well, I'll just, I'd rather wait till next year, Cal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he wants to play, to and I talked yeah. to him about that on media day. Like, if I'm, if I'm able, I want to play. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I did a letter in my letters from home series. I've been uh, rolling out for the athletic with all the freshman parents, uh, where I kind of help the parents and write letters to their sons. Uh, his uh, father. Stepfather, but he just calls him dad. It's been his life, his whole life. Um, his big advice to him was don't rush back. You know, make sure you're all the way back yeah. uh, before you come back. I mean, one of the things he said was make sure that you're the guy mentally who knew you could. He's like, obviously, going from a small Kentucky high school to, you know, Kentucky basketball and SEC basketball and national championship level basketball. Obviously, you're not going to score 40 a game like you did in high school, but make sure you're back mentally to the place where you were when you when you could walk into a gym thinking I can score 40 or I can yeah. score 50. Um, make sure he said make sure you're in that spot mentally, and that that's going to be a big thing for Dante whether he plays you know in determining whether he plays this year or not. Like a lot that a lot of people don't think about with a, an injury like that too is like. Even when you're physically healed, how long does it take you to get mentally over the idea of like not being afraid, not being hesitant, right? Know, uh, trusting that the repaired knee is going to hold when you jump and land and all that stuff. Um, you know, not thinking about how much rust you've accumulated by sitting out for a year of basketball, all that kind of stuff. But before he got hurt, I mean, and even even being on campus, being able to shoot a little bit without doing the other stuff. You start to hear like it's he's in the conversation for purest shooter on the team. Um, he's got a really really nice uh, three point stroke, and and I think he's a guy who can absolutely help him as a scorer. You know, is he can, is he ready to defend anybody? I don't know. You know, can he rebound? I'm not sure at this level, but um, but he I, I, he's obviously a gifted scorer. Well, he hit 49 threes in 13 games. 49 threes in 13 games. So, yes, he can What shoot. does that work out to? <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot. Uh, almost, it's almost four. It's almost four a game. 3.8 threes per game. So Yeah, that's useful. All right, it is time to take a break. Uh, so when we come back here on Locked on Kentucky, we'll talk a little uh, Kentucky football, talk about Lynn Bowden a little bit, Eddie Grand, uh, and some more when Locked on Kentucky continues. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, see 200 years of bourbon making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. 
touched the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round, like the popular Trace Tour, or see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. Mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked on Kentucky podcast and get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Kentucky podcast here. And we talked a little bit about Dante Allen, uh, a lot about Dante Allen and Brad Calipari in that first segment. Now we're moving on to football and Uh, Here is one thing that struck me on Monday night. I watch, I record it and I watch it every week pretty much, is Thinking Out Loud on the SEC Network with Greg McElroy and Marcus Spears and Alyssa Lang. And it's, you know, it's all about SEC football. And sometimes they miss the point on Kentucky and gloss over them. And and then sometimes they set aside something to talk about Kentucky. Uh, And their, their faith in Kentucky has not been, you know, much, which it's... Why would it be? And they're also talking about Georgia and LSU and Auburn and Alabama and all that. But this week they made a point to stop and talk about Lynn Bowden and and Kentucky's offense and how they've been able to run the ball because now Kentucky has put together uh, five games of this. You know, it was one thing when it was just against Arkansas. It was another thing when they still lost to Georgia twenty-one nothing. It was Missouri in the rain. But then to do what they did against Tennessee in domination, still not win, but then again against Vanderbilt and win that game. So now they've put it together enough to warrant a discussion from Greg McElroy and Marcus Spears on it. And I encourage you to watch it if you get a chance on the SEC Network Thinking Out Loud. So they stopped and talked about it, and Greg McElroy's comment was, Eddie Grand should be considered for Assistant Coach of the Year for how he has uh, adjusted and changed this offense and had the success he's had. Be a real and, shock to the Kentucky fans who hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> right. I always love to get that kind of outside perspective. Sometimes yeah. you get national talking heads who just aren't plugged in enough, and then they just go off and say something based on not real good information. And then you have someone like Greg McElroy who does pay attention, who does uh, his homework, and, and, and he says something like that. And it's nice to get that. Uh, perspective outside of the Big Blue Nation bubble to know what you know what football people really think about it. And Tuesday, Eddie Grand was asked, "Where does this rank uh, this season as far as toughest coaching jobs he's had to do in his career as an offensive coordinator?" And he said, "Number one, what he has had to do and how they have had to adjust this season is the toughest job he's ever had to tackle." In coaching, well, I I have no doubt. I mean, he yeah. he didn't lose one quarterback. He lost two quarterbacks in the first what four games of the season. Mm-hmm. A season that, given all the other information we have, if they had a competent quarterback, I think they win eight or nine games. Yeah. Um, and so you reinvent yourself. You go from Terry to Sawyer Smith, where you're. 
obviously going to go from a, a real true dual threat, and Sawyer can run a little bit, but you're going to go from a real true dual threat who you think a lot more about the running aspect to a we're going to throw it 40 times a game with Sawyer to, well, that's gone. Uh, now we're gonna we're, now we're gonna invent an offense around a wide receiver who yeah. can't really throw the ball. And uh, it, here's what here's to me kind of all you need to know about the job Eddie's done. And I don't think Eddie's perfect. I've openly questioned a few decisions. I'm uh, with you there. I you definitely know, question a lot of stuff he does. He's he's not perfect, and I I understand some some situational things where fans go, "What are you thinking there?" But big picture, zoomed out from those individual moments, right? And you take all of the pieces of like how you know what did they have to deal with, what did they have to adjust to on the fly here. You you lose. You not only have lost Benny Snell, the all-time leading rusher in program history, where you know if you hand him the ball, he's going to at minimum fall forward, <laughs> and yeah. you know almost always convert the third and short, the fourth and one. And you can direct snap it to him if you need to. You lose him before this season. All-time leading rusher. And then you lose your quarterback and then your backup quarterback, and you got a wide receiver uh, playing quarterback for the rest of the year. And so this, this piece of information really, to me, tells you everything you need to know. Having reinvented the offense twice, or three times, I guess you'd say, with almost no threat of a passing game, with yeah. every team you play, understanding that you're going to run it 90% of your plays, mm-hmm. Kentucky is number two in the SEC in rushing. Remarkable. When everyone knows you're going to be able to, you're going to run the ball, you're still able to run the ball for, right now the average is 231 rushing yards per game. Second only to Ole Miss, who also has an, an insane... <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. freshman quarterback who what is his let me check his uh John Rice Plumley. Yeah, I'm trying like to check his total. Is he related to the Duke Plumleys? No, I I made a joke okay. about that and everybody's like, Hey, they're not related. Like I got it. I was just oh, kidding. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so that this dude is a freshman and we're digressing here, but he deserves a shout out. He has yeah. in only eight games, they've played eleven games. He's only played in eight. He has 989 yards rushing in eight games and 11 touchdowns, 7.3 yards per carry. Uh, he's oh. electric. But, you know, short of that, Kentucky number two in the league. Uh, nationally, let me check real quick. Kentucky's 16th in the country in rushing. Again, with a wide receiver playing quarterback in an offense where everybody knows 90% of your snaps are going to be runs. You're, yeah. you're top 20 in the country and second in the SEC in rushing. To me, that's everything you need to know about how good of a job the, the offensive staff has done. Also, how great of a player Lynn Bowden is. But, but this is not just like snap the ball in and he runs around in circles until he makes somebody miss and goes. Like It's a lot of well-designed plays. Um, and, and a lot of like – a lot of keeping people guessing because when you look at it's not just Lynn, like the running backs and like the last game, it was all three running backs getting loose. That's a lot of well-designed plays. And I know, you know, the Georgia game, they lost 21 to nothing, but there were three critical mistakes, four, five. There were five critical mistakes that I can remember in that game 
uh, that kept Kentucky from staying in it after a 0-0 halftime tie. And it was raining. So not only uh, did Georgia you know, probably expect Kentucky to run the ball the way they did after the Arkansas game, to lean on the run game heavily, but then it was raining, so then Georgia really knew yeah, then there Kentucky. was just not going to be a pass, you know, and if right. there was, it probably was had no prayer of getting completed, so you could sell out to stop the run. Right, and Georgia is third in the country in rushing defense at 75.5 yards per game, and Kentucky more than doubled that. Kentucky rushed for 160 yards. Yeah, they averaged 4.6 yards a carry in that game. Yeah. So uh, they, I mean, that's the thing. They ran for 160, but they only had 35 carries. There were not a lot of plays in that game. It was – uh, it was a slog um, of a game. But, you know, over these final f- – since they've really shifted the offense towards Lynn Bowden as quarterback, they've rushed for 330, 160, 297, 302, and 401. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's yeah. been even crazier since they went to, like, everybody knows you're running the ball. They've yeah. averaged even more than their season – by far more than their season average. Um you know, and f- basically five yards a carry every game at least since then. And the last thing from Eddie Grant is we, we kind of got a, a definitive answer, a final. Uh, now that they've just gone ahead and admitted uh, Lynn Bowden's our quarterback and they just, you know, the smoke screen of Sawyer Smith, they've, they've just thrown that out. And But Eddie Grant said he was asked about when picking your spots, about possibly putting Sawyer Smith into the game – uh, inserting him in cer- certain situations and stuff beyond the you know the QB sneak. Now that he's healthy, and he said, I basically he said I'm paraphrasing, but uh, he said I I just don't think you can just insert Sawyer Smith in for a series. It di- it disrupts the rhythm of the offense. So there is the mindset. He you know Eddie Grant finally comes out and admits what they've been thinking, what they've been discussing is no, we can't just throw him into that game. And uh, it, the, the turning point for them, the real critical moment for them is when they were down 13-3 to in Arkansas in the first game that they went to Bowdoin at quarterback, and it wasn't working against the worst team in the Southeastern Conference. And they just said, look, we're, we're close. We're really close on this. Let's just stick with it and see if it happens. And then they rush for 330 and, and you know, take care of business against Arkansas. And, and that's it from there. Yeah, I mean, that. Uh, I think it's good to come out and say, like, listen, guys, if you're holding your breath for Sawyer Smith, it's right. probably not going to happen. Because yes. I, I think it's time for people to – and, like, at this point, if you're still holding your breath for Sawyer Smith, like, what are you watching? Um, yeah. By the way, I crunched the numbers real quick while you were talking. Do you want to guess – you could probably do some quick math in your head based on when I rolled those game-by-games game, game by games off. Do you want to guess what they're averaging rushing per game – yards per game rushing – since they moved to the Lynn Bowden at quarterback offense? I'll say 295. 367. Good grief. I mean, that, that that's insane. It is. Since they've moved to an offense where they had no passing game and they everybody knew you were going to run, they have averaged 367 yards per game. That would lead the nation right now. Navy averages three forty nine a game and leads the nation. Uh, I mean, That's number one in the country. If, yeah. you, if, if it were to you know be over the course of the season, that that is, I can't even believe that. I'm going to do this math again real quick because I feel like that that's wrong. All right, 
It is wrong. Well, okay. I was <laughs> Yes. Okay. I must have added one <laughs> twice. But it's not it's really not a whole lot less impressive. It's it's two ninety eight a game. So they've averaged almost just shy of three hundred yards rushing a game. Well two ninety eight would be fourth. It would be behind the <laughs> it's so funny. All those service academies, <laughs> right. all the Navy, Air Force, and Army, all the tri- all the triple option offenses. That's, they that's are great. one, two, and three, and then Ohio State. But Kentucky's two ninety eight would be ahead of Ohio State. Yeah, I, it just now hit me that Navy, Air Force, and Army that's, are one, two, and three. Yeah, that's great. I clicked on that at the same time and saw it. <laughs> so you got three triple option offenses, and, and that was a funny thing from the broadcast the other night was they kept calling what. Kentucky yes. was doing the triple option, and it was Lynn Bowden in the pistol with a running back behind him. Right. And it's so, like, have you ever seen a triple option? <laughs> because for there to be a triple option, there have to be three options. But uh, yeah. anyway. We are way due for a break. So one more break, and we'll come back, and we got a little bit more UK football to talk about. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go, you can't visit DoorDash right now? Well, you can find this and all other offers from LockedOn sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash offers. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman... You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash locked. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky for our final segment and uh, we were talking about UK football in that last segment. Talked about UK basketball in that first segment. Uh, at something about uh, Travis Tisdale. We brought him up on this uh, podcast uh, last week because he's such a speedster, and we did get to see him at the very end of the Vanderbilt game, but he just didn't get uh, much of a chance. And Eddie Grand hinted that maybe we would see him a little bit more in this UT Martin game, and I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing if he has, if he can show in a game situation that Boom Williams type burst uh, that we used to see. Uh, and then, you know, there's going to be some other guys uh, that will play. But Eddie Grant did, did bring up that UT Martin is different than what they've been facing, that they did this week have to change some blocking schemes a little bit and how they're doing things because UT Martin is not um, schematically similar to what they've seen this season. 
Yeah, I don't think any of that matters. <laughs> I just uh, look. Austin P. Uh, you yeah. know, a few years ago. Yeah, that was my Evansville. Uh, yeah, I guess we should learn our lesson about dismissing people. But uh, no, yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm with you. If they don't yeah. steamroll UT Martin and, and are up by four touchdowns at halftime, something's wrong. Yeah, this gives you a chance to to play some young guys, probably, and you know, really just let all those running backs eat. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. what I would do. I don't think I would risk. I don't think I'd risk Lynn very much in this game. No, you know, mm-hmm. um, and maybe not at all. Maybe this is a game that you do let Sawyer get back in. I don't think. I don't think Lynn's going to give up his spot. Uh, but you know, play him a half, get your thirty point lead, and and then then let uh, then let Sawyer come in and play or whoever. But uh, or just direct snap it to Chris Rodriguez and let him battering ram some people. Um, I'm all for Walker Wood getting a ton. I mean, like an entire quarter. Walker Wood can run too. He he was a running yeah. quarterback in high school. He threw it some, but I you know I, if you get a four or five touchdown lead, I like the idea of Walker Wood in there. Sawyer Smith's not been healthy. He's finally a you know back to close where he needs to be. But I mean, the other works. thing the other thing is like when you're thinking about the future, like maybe Amani Gilmore needs to get some reps. Well, I've seen that, uh, you know, on Twitter. A lot of people, uh, you know, love talking about Imani Gilmore getting some some run there. But I think this is a game you should reward Walker Wood and let him go out there and do a little bit. Uh, I'm like down the with fourth it. Quarter. Yeah. He was so fun. I mean, I know you saw him. You know, when I was uh, on the uh, oh gosh, now I've forgotten his name. The offensive lineman that went to Alabama. Um, Jed Wills. When I was yeah on the Jed Wills beat, uh, yeah, you know, covering him as a recruit, I went out and watched Lafayette play, and uh, you know, before Walker got hurt, he was electric. I mean, you know, I Absolutely. think I think early in his career, Kentucky during Hinshaw, sort of said he's he plays like Johnny Manziel, and that's exactly what he's like. You know, this kind of yeah. undersized uh, guy who I mean, like I think some people want him to play like defensive back in college. I mean, he was like. Uh, a terrific athlete and you know he could throw it but he also was just it was so fun to watch him take off and run um and i think if he had stayed healthy he would have been very much a viable option for kentucky in this emergency situation people were like where is walker wood he's just too broken down now to to take that on i don't think he can really throw the ball at all i'm not far as i have understood it uh from all his different issues but I mean, had yeah, he, like 10, had, 15 yards, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, had, had he been healthy, yeah, like high school Walker Wood would have very much been an, on the table for Kentucky. Um, so, yeah, if he's, if he's in a situation where he gets in and gets to play and you say, hey, thanks for your loyalty and thanks for being a practice player for us. And, you know, uh, I don't know why he keeps coming out there. He's probably, his whole body probably hurts at this point, but he has kept coming out there. I think he really wanted to play for Kentucky. It'd be cool to see a kid like that maybe get a chance to shine for an afternoon. Well, it speaks volumes about him that uh, no Lexington uh, public school had been to back-to-back state championship games ever until Walker Wood led them to two straight. Now, they did have Jed Wills and Landon Young on that team, but uh, Walker Wood had a whole lot to do with it. Two quick recruiting notes. Uh, Defensive end Tyler Barron out of Knoxville. Yeah, he's down to like UK, UT, Ohio State, I think Oregon and Oklahoma are also in there. He says he's going to wait until the December 18th early signing day 
before he makes an announcement. And then the defensive tackle out of North Harden High School, Octavius Oxendine. He said the same thing. He's going to wait until December 18th. He's got a bunch of schools in on him. Kentucky's one of them, obviously. He is ninth in the state in sacks with 12 and a half. And he's not playing defensive end. He's a defensive tackle. That's they pretty host, good. Yeah. They host McCracken County in the third round of the playoffs this Friday. So if you're, you know, feeling froggy and want to drive the uh, Bluegrass Parkway out the Elizabethtown way and head to Radcliffe, you can watch Octavius Oxendine in North Harden in the playoffs. Go and just celebrate that name. My God, what a name. Oh, Octavius just... Oxendine. That needs to happen for Kentucky. I want to I want to see a guy with that name on the roster. That's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, congrats to the parents for coming up with that. I mean, when you got the last name Oxendine and you're sitting around going, what what should we do here? Joe. Yeah. yeah. Larry Oxendine. <laughs> Phil. Uh, how about I got Octavius? it. Octavius. Yeah. Octavius Oxendine. Oh, baby. Yeah. We're geniuses. <laughs> uh, yeah, All right. So that's, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty spectacular. All right. Well, Thursday's uh, podcast. We'll uh, we'll have some more football for you. A little bit more basketball. I'm sure. Uh, Honestly, I really don't even know what's going on tomorrow, Kyle. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. We'll figure. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But we'll figure it out. But um, thanks for listening today. Make sure you uh, subscribe, Apple, Google Podcast. Uh, it's, you know, it's simple. You know how easy it is if you just go tell, to that app. And, tell Alexa to play Locked On Kentucky Podcast. That's as easy as it as it is right there. You can follow me on Twitter at d r i e f f e r, and Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore a t h. There you go. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. <laughs>